today to This Needs to Be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today as we motivate you, get you fit, and help you live your dream. We're going to talk politics as well. Listen, you want to take your pen and paper out because each week, each day, each week, day, let me put that together, right, each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are starting class, classes in a session for life. What, what we want to do here is challenge the way that you think. We don't necessarily want you to think like we do. However, we want you to question the way you've been living. Is it really what is for you? A lot of times we're doing things because our mom did it, did it that way, our dad did it that way, our grandma and them did it that way. But why are you doing it for yourself versus just following the pack? Does it really fit for you? Does that religious institute fit you? Does that way of eating fit you? Does that way of living, does that community, does it fit you, who you truly are? The biggest gift, the best gift you can give yourself is to be your authentic self. Listen, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. We're going to have our Mindset Minute with Deanna Heiliger in just a moment. And we're going to also get to hear from Coach Tony as well as we're going to talk politics with Valerie's son. So don't you go too far. But get your pen and paper, class is in session.
trust in me Forget death, cause I'm here for eternity I live fast, when I die you can live plush And take care of our kids when they're growing up I'm far from being perfect, but I'ma do my best This is mine, there's no limit to what I'd invest that's great, but ain't nothing without a happy home I had to show you how I felt, so I wrote the song Said love free and if it returns, then it's truly yours Passed that test when I got home from out of tour That's why I grind, cause I know that you deserve the best And I will give you my whole world, nothing, nothing less Your daddy's little girl, and I'ma treat you just the same Damn me fainted when I showed you the diamond ring I bought a house on the hill so we could raise a kid I'm just trying to show the girls that I'm all in Oh my 
insights incredible. The game's in the stronghold. Making myself open, nigga, hope. Before I say your crazy day is just beyond, dude. What I could have said, I'm turning to Mr. Marvel. Super on the mic, loving his life just marvelous. Not for hype, the day was right. Entirely. Bugged out and parted. Everyone saw me jumping lit up. And I'm in my bread for all of this. So, of course, they got me feeling so marvelous, man. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing, they stop wanting anything, they, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like, jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality.
hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on each. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Man, you got me sitting here thinking about this girl again, man. I can't seem to get her out of my mind, man. It's crazy. Cause it's been almost two years since she left, man. I still sit and think about her sometimes, just trying to figure out, you know, what I did wrong. We was on again, off again. I passed, we was over then. Past pains was nothing but remember wins. Two spirits listening, nature called, two bodies glistening. I'm dipped in her essence like a christening, kissing skin and missing sin, mainly cause there was no distance then. Over now and overlooked, my pen holds memories of melodies, satiating embracing me, past fast approaching, guilt chasing me, conscious is blatantly taking me to places where it's safe to be. 
But you were my escape I thought it was better then It was really better when I thought the key to being better than Baby Daisies, roses, daffodils, tulips I remember when I got to kiss tulips Four leaf clovers Wishing for your heart Tell me how it fell apart Lilies, posies Act like you don't know me Caught me picking flowers Baby, that's the old me Caught it full of temptation Don't want that Tell me how to grow a sack Commitment and loyalty, I really never heard of them Until she wrote my wisdom and murdered them My fear and my hesitance, my heart she gave it relevance Now I speak of her with such reverence She cared about my betterment, now I'm writing letters when Hope for a chance to be friends again Gave my soul for you and I, now I know the answer why I'm no longer blind to that ribbon in the sky Pain in my heart for the days I made you cry Begged me to talk to you, I didn't even try I knew what would happen if I looked you in your eyes My conscience would eat at me for keeping up a lie Daisies, roses, daffodils, tulips I remember when I got to kiss tulips Four leaves, clovers, wishing for your heart Tell me how it fell apart Lilies, posies, act like you don't know me Caught me picking flowers, baby, that's the old me Garden full of temptation, don't want that Tell me how to grow a sack Look out your window and watch for the summer winds See metaphors and similes blending in Comparison of two, poetry of me and you Take a breath and feel lust seeping in Exhale and breathe again as I speak the synonym Same as the subject of those gospel hymns Saints rich in melanin who fell down and got up again And now they ascend So I take this pen I spend, notebook that I'm penning in Write apologies so my poem has good intent in it No you won't be here again, new day is imminent As long as you know that this song has my repentin' it Babies, roses, daffodils, tulips I remember when I got to kiss tulips Four leaf clovers, wishing for your heart Tell me how it fell apart Lilies, posies, act like you don't know me Caught me picking flowers, baby that's the old me Garden full of temptation, don't want that Tell me how to grow a sack This segment of This Needs to Be Said is brought to you by me to the power of we.com. To shift your mindset to be a better you, connect at me to the power of we.com because together is better. This is Deanna Heiliger from me to the power of we.com. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. Today we'll be speaking about giving a gift today. What is a gift? When you think of a gift, I bet many things come to your mind. It can be something tangible, such as money. You can give a gift of money to help someone. You can give a meal, make a meal. I've prepared meals before and have taken them to friends who've just had babies. Uh, It can be a wrapped present, maybe a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. It can be a written word in a card or a spoken word. That can be a gift as well if you give someone a very good gift. talk. A gift can also be of your time. You can give someone your time as far as helping them with something they need to get done, um, maybe driving somebody somewhere, um, even a listening ear. It's part of your time, but if someone just needs to talk and you're listening, that's that's a gift. A gift can be as simple as a smile, a hug, a kiss, um, even giving your honest feedback. Maybe someone needs 
some guidance or maybe um, by setting some healthy boundaries, you're giving someone a gift. Um, disciplining your children, that can be a gift. So when you give a gift, you honestly receive in return. You know, you've heard that saying it's better to give than to receive. Well, when you do give, when you give a gift, you receive. You receive love. You receive the feeling of joy for doing something for someone. You receive appreciation from that person usually um, and satisfaction of, you know, a job well done and it, it just feels good to give. Um, a gift is pure, and this is important. A gift is pure when it is given from the heart and when we expect nothing in return. So if we're doing something giving a gift to someone, as I mentioned above, maybe your time or you're helping someone. But if you're giving someone something only to receive something in return, that is not truly a gift. So if you're giving someone something in exchange for money or if you're doing something for someone expecting a thank you or some appreciation, um, that's really not truly a gift because you're expecting something in return. I've heard, you know, many people, they do things to get accolades, to get noticed, to get recognition. And that's not truly a pure gift because you kind of are doing something in order to receive something in return. So that is not a pure gift. Also, if you're expecting a favor in return, hey, I'll do this if I get this in return, that is not a pure gift. Yes, it can still be a gift because you're donating your time or your money or your ear or uh, something, but in order for it to be a pure gift, someone, something just from your heart, you're doing it because it makes you feel good, it strengthens your character, it's sacrificial, um, maybe you're being transparent if someone's asking for your time and they need advice and you're sharing your heart with them, that is a pure gift. And I'm afraid that a lot of us don't give pure gifts anymore because we're so um, give me society. Yes, I'll do this, but what do I get in return? No, I'm not going to do that unless I'm compensated for my time. So there's a lot of that kind of egocentric, selfish attitude, even about giving. And giving should be pure, right from your heart. And it does feel good to give. So I want you to think about giving a gift today. And while you're doing this, think about when was the last time you gave a gift without expecting anything in return? Uh, giving with expecting nothing in return is so awesome, and that's what I want you to focus on, giving without anything in return. And sometimes giving anonymously is the best type of giving because you, you can't get anything in return if nobody knows who you are, and you don't get the accolades, you don't get your name printed in the paper. So that is a really great way to give purely without being noticed for it. So giving for the pure joy of making someone else's life easier, giving for the love of giving, that's what we'd like to do today. I'd like you to focus on giving a gift today, and maybe it will turn into you giving a gift every day. And I guarantee you, even if you're not expecting it, it will come back to you tenfold. That's just how it works. Thank you so much for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. To continue your journey to be a better you, connect with me at metothepowerofwe.com because together is better. Have you ever wanted to feel more balanced? Do you wish you felt complete and whole? Do you want to be well organized and grounded? 
more joyful, and less stressed? Would you like to have a positive outlook on life, which will in turn enable you to feel empowered? Then join us at www.metothepowerofwe.com, where you will be inspired and stretched to become a better you and to discover your personal journey to greatness, because together is better. Wow, I just found the most amazing book on Amazon.com called Dreaming Your Way to Pain-Free Living. This inspiring book is based on the life of the author who suffered a debilitating spine disease when he was 35 years old. The prognosis was life in a wheelchair. The author sought an alternative and developed a self-healing process using meditation, visualization, and affirmations. Twelve months later, he was back in the gym. He used this process to change all aspects of his life, proving that a positive mental attitude can make all the difference. Get your copy of Dreaming Your Way to Pain-Free Living today at Amazon.com. I just discovered a fabulous website. If you're looking for products and articles to support and encourage a clean, organic, and holistic lifestyle, this site sources the best quality organic and eco-friendly products for baby, family, and even your pets. Learn how to grow your own vertical organic garden, purchase a rechargeable handbag, buy organic skincare, cosmetics, and so much more. Do you and your family a favor and go to organicfriendswithaz.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-C. F-R-I-E-N-D-Z dot com. Everyone likes free stuff, right? What if you could access a directory full of free stuff like magazine subscriptions, e-books, video e-courses, business consultations, online memberships, and so much more? You know, stuff like that. Deciding to become an entrepreneur is tough enough, so why not use free tools and resources to help you on your journey? Grab your piece of the free stuff at www.project-push.org. Then click on the free stuff link near the top to get started, www.project-push.org. Do you like talk shows? Do you like to hear one talk? sports, current news, and even share humor and adult jokes. Then, you'll love the Alice Cardinale Talk Show, which airs every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Chef Alex Talk Show is where we're at. 347-989-1709. Dial 1 to let your voice be heard on the Alice Cardinale Talk Show. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 
Selling Argument Bit is being brought to you by DreamsWovenSupportNetwork.org, where we're weaving dreams into reality. You will be given an argument to settle, and we want you to head on over to the TNTBS Talk Show Facebook fan page and post your response under the argument heading. See you on the fan page. Today's argument is, is there a purpose in having a house phone these days, or is your cell phone good enough? See you on the fan page. Hey, Rhonda Nails here, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. Listen, everybody gets mad with God. I mean, everybody. And if you haven't been mad, I just dare you to live a little while longer and and understand what I'm referring to. You see, I was mad with God for a long time until I learned that he was just protecting me. But what do you do when you don't want God's protection? You want to live your life and run your business the way that you see fit. You see, I felt I had three good and valid reasons to be mad with God. Number one reason, blind. I went blind in my left eye at the age of five. I fell down a flight of stairs, and it caused me to lose vision in my left eye. Now, does God know what it's like to be teased, to be ridiculed, and be the basis of every cockeyed joke growing up? Number two, I was broken. I trusted one man a little bit too much, and that trust gave me the title of becoming a single mother and also a victim of domestic violence. Does God know what it's like to become broken after trusting someone? Number three, bankrupt. Now listen, I'm not a shopaholic, nor did I waste money on a lot of frivolous items that I couldn't afford. I simply wanted to modify a mortgage payment due to a down economy. Now does God know how embarrassing it is to have to file bankruptcy? Does he? So you see, I had a good reason to be upset with God. And if that's what his protection can do for me, I don't want it. Or do I? You see, I didn't like what God had allowed in my life. It was painful, it was horrible, and it was very embarrassing. I never wanted anyone to know about my so-called physical impairment, my uh, baby daddy situation, and, and of course, the, the money problems, the money troubles. I mean, what kind of God allows such torture? My life and my relationship and my money were supposed to be for my eyes only, not for the world to laugh at. But then it happened. 
You see, God gave me a revelation, a wake-up call, and a come-to-Jesus meeting all rolled into one. He says, your life isn't even about you. And I'm like, say what? You mean all that hustle, all that hard work, and all those sleepless nights were not for me to achieve something greater than myself? Well, you know, now I'm really upset. So you see, listen to me. God will protect his investment, and all of us are his investments. He will protect you when you don't want it. He will allow rejection when you don't like it, and he'll give you unmerited selection and favor when you're not even qualified. No, it's not fair. It certainly isn't fair, but it's part of an incredible plan to touch the world through my simple story of the push, pursuing until success happens. It's something that I learned while I was being ridiculed for being cockeyed, torn down for being a single mother, and embarrassed as a candidate for bankruptcy. You see, those three Bs are the fuel behind my company, Project PUSH. When I have days where I just don't want to do it anymore and everything is just heavy, I remember the three Bs that he allowed me to suffer and to push through. I remember those three Bs, blind, blind, broken, and bankrupt. You see, I remember, and I always keep in the back of my head, that God will protect what he uses, and he used me, and it's okay, because I know that his protection may look like suffering to a lot of people, and it may look unfair to most people, but it's only training through his protection. He's only setting me up so that he can blow, him, blow me up. You see, his protection is not always welcome, but it's needed, it's validated, and it is always, always, always justified. Now the question is, who is going to push with me? This is Rhonda Nails, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. Connect with me at project-push.org.
Portion of the This Needs to Be Said radio show has been brought to you by Project Push. Everyone likes free stuff, right? What if you could access a directory full of free stuff like magazine subscriptions, ebooks, video e-courses, business consultations, online memberships, and so much more? You know, stuff like that. Deciding to become an entrepreneur is tough enough, so why not use free tools and resources to help you on your journey? Grab your piece of the free stuff at www.project-push.org. Then click on the free stuff link near the top to get started. www.project-push.org. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Fine, thanks, in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed or celibate, we rise.
everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment and yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings and said, morning, how are you? Fine, thanks in you. It's amazing, wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit, despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll arise. Does my sassiness affect you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes? Shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh. <laughs> As if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, all right. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh. Does it come as a surprise that I dance? As if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history shame I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, naturally, There I go rising. Thank you so much for staying tuned to this reset. I hope that changed so much from what's been shared so far. We have Coach Tony Usry coming up in just a little while, and I hope you've remembered that we were practicing unlearning a bad habit on last week. So on today, I'm sure he's going to ask us for an update on that. And I have to say, I didn't do so well. I I was more aware, but I didn't do so well. I think I'm going to need some more time with unlearning the bad habit of putting the phone down during time with loved ones. So anyway, I'm telling you that now. Hold me accountable in just a few minutes when he joins the conversation. We're also going to talk with Valerie's son, and we're going to catch up in the world of politics and see what's been going on um, over the past seven days. And for those of you who are political lovers, I'm sure you 
have some things you hope he brings up. And I hope that you're going out to the fan page at Talking Politics and leaving him a message to let him know or going to Valerie's son on Facebook, going to his personal page and letting him know what you'd like to hear him talking about on the show. I can't know it all, guys. I'm still learning about politics myself, but we know someone who knows politics. What I want to put in front of you today over the next several minutes is perception versus reality. Some of us in different areas of our lives, let's say you want to be a business owner or you want to be in a loving relationship or you want to eat healthy or live healthy, let me uh, rephrase that. Let's take those three categories. And you have this perception that there are other people around you that are already doing these things and you believe that you're mimicking their behavior for success, at least you're gleaning something. For the loving couple, you think, oh, well, I certainly want to be like that couple. You know, they're home for dinner every day together. They have family trips together. Every time I see them, they're smiling. And not understanding or realizing that your reality, well, your perception is your reality, but what you're seeing is what's happening on the outside or how they know how to behave when other people are watching. But you may not realize that there's a husband that's dying wanting to get out of that relationship or the kids are not happy or not as smart as the mom is making them out to be or the wife is not happy or maybe somebody has an issue that is unresolved and and they're not talking about it. You don't know, but you're looking at what someone else has saying, that's what I want. Someone who's slender, you may assume they're healthy. They just may have a naturally high metabolism, never have to go to the gym, can eat anything they want, and you think, hey, this would be a great accountability partner because they're slim and I want to be slim, and my perception of them is that they're healthy. And when you get to know them, you're saying, my goodness, you haven't eaten a vegetable or a fruit or uh, you haven't eaten anything healthy, but if I just look at a cake, I gain weight. So your perception versus your reality could really mess you up. As far as a business owner or, you know, someone who's living the life, whatever that life is, it could be you want to be a music artist or you want to be an author or you want to be an entrepreneur um, in the service industry or you want to own a franchise of McDonald's or whatever. You think that that life is a glitter and glam, that they own this McDonald's and people are coming through the doors and they never have to worry about money, but you don't know that they're concerned about the high turnover rate in their industry because most of the time they're being paid minimum wage, the work is hard, and the hours are long, and things break down, and customers aren't nice, and people treat you like you make minimum wage. And, you know, just, just a whole lot of different things. Or the, McDonald's may have a lot of, and I'm using McDonald's as an example, McDonald's may have a lot of seasonal people because students come home for the summer or the holidays, and then they go back to school. So you see a high turnover rate there. You're hiring and, and um, replacing people and firing people because people are giving food away to their friends and or they're taking food home or whatever. So you're not looking at all of those things that come along with the life. Um, you think that you should be driving a certain car, wearing a certain kind of clothes, hanging with certain kind of people, not realizing that all of these areas that I've talked about, from your perception, if any of what I've said has hit you and any of what I've said has struck as true in your thinking, you've perceived it to be a certain way. To have a love and happy family, you're going to have some some issues so to speak. You're going to have some things that 
some challenges that you're going to need to overcome to keep that happiness. You're going to have to work at that. To be an entrepreneur and have a profitable business and to be around the right people, you have to unlearn a lot of things that you've learned throughout your life. You may have spent your whole life hanging with people who are not interested at all in being an entrepreneur. They're perfectly okay with the benefits package on the job. They're perfectly okay living in the same neighborhood that they grew up in. They're perfectly okay going to the same church that their family has gone to for years. You know, so you may be hanging around the the same people wanting to do something different, not realizing that as an entrepreneur, in order to get to those things that you see, that glitter and glam, the nice cars and house and new community, you're going to have to get with a new group of people, and you're going to have to get very uncomfortable. You're looking at that slender person saying, hey, this person is healthy, only to learn that, no, they just have a naturally high metabolism, and they're not really going to be the best fit for you as you're trying to eat healthy and and think highly of yourself. Because think about it, you side by side with someone who can eat anything they want and they never seem to gain weight and you're over here eating celery sticks and you can look at a cake and gain weight, you're thinking, wow, this is a bit discouraging because this person doesn't seem to be supportive of you eating celery sticks. Not that they don't want to be, they just don't have to be. So when you're thinking about having a healthier body, you're, again, looking to get uncomfortable. You're looking to get around people who are on the same journey that you're on. You want to make sure that this person either has been where you're going and on their way to where you want to be, or they're they're starting out with you. You want to be able to learn from the people that are in your circle, and you want to be able to teach some things as well. In your perception versus your reality, sometimes we have to focus the lens. You never look through a camera, old school camera, because now things digital and they automatically adjust according to the light and the distance and all that stuff. But an old school camera or an old school set of binoculars, you'd have to adjust the view a little bit so that it would become clearer and you could look at it close and you can examine things a little bit better and you can get a different perspective or a different point of view. Well, when you're looking at your perception and creating that into your reality, have you ask yourself some questions. Have you adjusted the lens? Or are you looking at it to automatically adjust itself? If you're looking at the automatic automatic feature to adjust itself, sometimes that fails you. Would you know how to manually adjust that? How do you know how a millionaire lives if you've never been a millionaire? You don't necessarily know. So how do you get around those people? How do you go hang where they hang so you'd have an idea? A millionaire may or may not go and order the highest thing on the menu because they can afford it. How do they actually live? One of the things that I would recommend for that person who wants a happy relationship, someone who wants a healthier lifestyle, and someone who wants to be a wealthy entrepreneur, and wealthy, you put that number on it. You want to be a thousandaire, millionaire, billionaire, you name whatever level, and you go and you study the people who have been on that journey. Now, I'm not discounting the friend who's slender, who can eat anything as being your accountability partner. I'm just not highly recommending them because that person is not going to necessarily be cognizant of you trying to get a slender body when they don't necessarily have to maintain such a lifestyle. It just comes for them naturally. You want someone who has who is seeking the changes and is on the same journey as you. They may be a slender person, but maybe they used to be overweight and they understand your journey. Ask better questions of your slender, healthy-looking friend. For the happy couple, ask them how in-depth can you get into what makes them happy. 
and ask yourself good questions. And there are tons of books out there, and you know some of it is foolishness. And you can tell logically, you can tell logically if it's foolishness or if someone has really given you um, what's really out there. And, and let me stop on relationships for a little bit because we have these wicked perceptions. Things cannot be a blanket statement. He's just not into you because he does these blanket things. He could do those things and it just be a sign of his immaturity, but he absolutely loves you and wants to be around you. His love limit may just be a limit, and he needs to be stretched and taught how to love you. And that doesn't mean you're changing him, but how do you feel about him? How do you interact with each other? He may not be into you according to a blanket statement, but is he hanging out with someone else? Is he spending his time elsewhere? Is he just not doing the things you want him to be doing? We cannot always get advice about a happy relationship from other people, but you can glean quite a bit from people who have understood it takes work. And all things do take work. You just have to be willing. And can you make it fun along the way? My sister has an older set of twins with autism, and that could be perceived as a challenge. But once we learn their language, we can all communicate better, and we have lots of fun, and it no longer becomes my nephews with autism, they're my nephews, and we speak their language. And when other people come around, it's not automatic, oh, they have autism. No, you you communicate with them this way, just like you would teach people to communicate with your young child any other way. If you have a loved one that has a disability, and this is something I have run into and my friends uh, with perceived, and I have to say perceived disabilities, uh, would have to teach me. I have a friend that is in a wheelchair, and I thought for the longest time I would have to hold the door for him and help him with lots of things, and he showed me, no, I'm still a gentleman, and I get the door for you, and I can help clean up after we have an event, and I can help participate with things. So I have to remember, you give him something to do like you'd give anybody else something. What we perceive as a handicap or disability is not the makeup of that person. And sometimes when we do that, we limit ourselves and we limit those relationships and we limit our growth when we're when our perception is skewed. How do I know if my perception is skewed and we're about to take a short break? Is when you ask better questions versus assuming. When you say things like, well, I thought you, I assumed you had, I figured, I automatically concluded None of what I just said said I asked you and you told me. None of what I said is something that would say you observed a person's behavior and you concluded that this is what they do. If you see someone go running every day, you say, okay, well, they're running, um, and depending on what they're wearing, unless they're wearing all black and they're running at a hasty pace and they have something under their arm like they've stolen something, chances are they've gone to exercise. But still, if you do not ask the question, a lot of times you won't know and you'll be left with assumptions, again, which will be your perception, which would, again, be your reality. Is your reality a perception and is it skewed? Ask a question. Of someone who's in business, if they've been in business one week, one year, five years, 20 years, 30 years, each one of those levels are going to have something different to offer you. One week might have a lot of fear. One year might have some growth. Five years would have a lot of growth. 30 years, tons of growth, and there should be a lot of profit potential there as well. And they should be willing to share those things with you unless they still harbor fear that you would take over their idea. But I'm thinking at 30 years or longer, they would not. Are you guys getting a good idea of when I say your perception could be skewed, your perception versus your reality? Um, you want to ask her questions of it. 
You want to ask a question. I'm perceiving that this person is interested in me because they do these things, and I read it in a book. Okay, did I ask that person if they were interested in me? Did I ask that person if they were interested in doing business with me? Did I ask that person if they had the same goals as I had? And could we be accountability partners where we held each other accountable for reaching those goals? And if the answer is no to any of those questions, you are assuming, and it's your perception. Unfortunately, our perceptions are our reality, and sometimes those things are skewed. We assume, we assume that seeing is believing. My parents told me once, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear, especially when you say none of what you hear is the gossiping. Someone tells you, oh, I heard this thing about so-and-so. Believe none of that if you haven't heard it from so-and-so. Yes, so-and-so could probably lie to you, but if you go to that person and you have a relationship with that person, chances are so-and-so is going to tell you the truth. You saw so-and-so out somewhere and it appeared that they were doing something that you would consider immoral. Did you go to them and say, hey, I saw you put something in your pocket. Did you pay for that? Did you steal that? Or I saw you out with this person that's not your spouse. Were you cheating? And then the big question is, is it any of your business? If it's some of your business, if this was going to be a business partner of yours and you believe that they stole something, you better talk to them and ask questions. Don't turn a, a blind eye or a deaf ear to that situation. Now, if someone's whispering in your ear, no, you go to your, your associate. But if you see something, go to them and ask them. Don't perceive that they're stealing or they're doing something unethical because if you're doing business with them, that could be a reflection on you. And you can speak on their behalf when you get clarification of what it was that they were doing. Okay? Perception versus reality could get us in trouble if we do not ask good questions. And that is what I want to leave you with today from this Dreams Woven topic. I'd love for you to join me at Dreams Woven Support network.org, free membership. Go out and you can follow the blog. And you can also see the businesses that are listed listed in the business directory. But it's a free membership. See how we encourage each other. There's a free call. There's lots of things to get you on track for you to live your dream out loud. I'm not promising to make you a millionaire, so I don't want to get that perception stuck in your head, but I want to teach you how to get going, how to start your business and maintain your business. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Coach Tony Ussery, and I hope you have your bad habit ready and ready to take notes on how to unlearn it if you struggled like I did this past week. Everyone likes free stuff, right? What if you could access a directory full of free stuff like magazine subscriptions, ebooks, video e-courses, business consultations, online memberships, and so much more? You know, stuff like that. Deciding to become an entrepreneur is tough enough, so why not use free tools and resources to help you on your journey? Grab your piece of the free stuff at www.project-push.org. Then click on the free stuff link near the top to get started. www.project hyphenpush.org. I just discovered a fabulous website. If you're looking for products and articles to support and encourage a clean, organic, and holistic lifestyle, this site sources the best quality organic and eco-friendly products for baby, family, and even your pets. Learn how to grow your own vertical organic garden, purchase a rechargeable handbag, 
Buy organic skincare, cosmetics, and so much more. Do you and your family a favor and go to organicfriendswithaz.com. That's O R G A N I C F R I E N D Z.com. Like you, oh girl, 
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. We're getting ready to be joined by Coach Tony Ussery, and we are going to give an update on our unlearning of a bad habit from last week. So at this time, I'm welcoming back Coach Tony. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Terrible. <laughs> I didn't Why realize are we it was going to be so because I didn't realize it was going to be so difficult on learning this habit. I spent more time last week being aware that I was even doing the habit, and I really just gave you something last week because I was like, I'm not going to give them a habit. I really want to stop. But <laughs> when I announced it, my loved ones was like, Yeah, I'm glad you said that one. That's the one we want you to stop. And so I was just more aware that I was doing it. But I was not actively stopping it. <laughs> I was. It's kind of like you know, someone sees you doing something. You're a student. You're in class, and a teacher catches you, so you kind of hurry up and like hide something. That's what I felt like all week long. <laughs> right. So, so I was I mean, like, I did not do well at all with this breaking a bad habit. I was still trying to do it. Well, actually, you did better than you think because the first thing you have to do is be totally aware of the, of the habit and that you have to be able to see it each time you do it because then what's happening is is that you're starting to reverse the process because, you know, when you when you form a habit, it, usually you get comfortable with it, so it just becomes a part of you, and you don't even think about it. But now that you're thinking about it, that means that you're uprooting the habit. You're starting to see, okay, the absurdity in the habit and, and the, the, the badness in the habit, and you're, you're more cognizant of it. It's like, when an alcoholic, you know, is taking, you know, he goes to sip on that drink, usually he's just, you know, down and doesn't think about it. Now he's think, at least thinking about the fact that this is not something he should be doing. That's the first step in the realization. And then once you realize, then you can go from there. But you have to realize first that, that, that and, and, and your mind has to, be, has to be cognizant of the fact that each time you do it, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So you're reversing the habit. Because let's get real, it took you a long time to get the habit. I mean, you didn't just start doing that overnight. You've been doing that for a while, so it's not like it's going to take. It's not like it's. It's not going to take you some time to get rid of. Oh, okay. Well, I don't feel so bad now. You know, there's there's a, there's processes. You know, and when you try to short, I mean, when you try to really shortcut the process. You know, and when I say, or not shortcut, because there's short ways to shortcut things. But when you try to cheat the process, then that's when you're basically you're forming a bad habit there because <laughs> you're trying to cheat the process. So you know, it's, it's you have to work through it, and you're working through it. And now that you're cognizant of it, what's going to happen is you're, it's going to start slowing down. As it, you might keep doing it, but what's going to happen is your brain's going to start telling, well, if I really like this person, I'm on a day, I really like this person, I, I need to adjust that because I am doing something that's detrimental to the situation. And you're going to, your brain's going to start seeing the absurdity in it, and you'll start backing off of it slowly. You know, you'll start and then you'll stop. You'll start and then you'll put your phone away. And eventually you won't even pull it out. I mean, you know, that's, but but it's like anything. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, you didn't learn to drive overnight, so, you know, you're not, gonna, you're not going to learn to, to not do that overnight. Not a big deal. It really is. 
I mean, you know, so, but you're aware of it. Now, if you'd have come back and said, you know what, I was just doing it and didn't even realize it, blah, 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 you know, it wasn't even a thought, now we got a problem. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> but we're good to go right now. Okay, okay, well, so far so good that I was thinking, my goodness, I did not do well at all. And so I, that answers it then because I was thinking breaking this habit was like we were going to stop by this Monday, so that felt pressure. And, uh, okay, good, good, okay. I, I well, feel better about it. That. If it takes you, If it takes you technically, if it takes you 66 days to break, to make a habit, then it's going to take you 66 days to make the new habit, right? Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to see. You're, you're, I'm you're replacing in. a new habit. <laughs> you're replacing a new habit with the old habit, right? I I agree. I'm going to see. I'm seven days in, so I'm going to see if um, 66 days will cause me to um, put this phone down. Yeah. See, and the thing is, but you, you you're going to be working on it every day. You know, it's something that you're going to be working on every day. You know, next step is is you know using that. Remember the lesson I gave in how to use going to the movies and seeing the, the vision? Now you have to start right. bringing that into it. So what you should be doing is watching yourself go on a date phoneless. And just Yikes. having a good time. And watch, exactly. Watching yourself go, go on a date and watching yourself in your mind. You know, you can even have your phone sitting on the table, but you never touch it. Because guess what? It's your mind. You can do what you want. So, you know, now you just watch yourself just doing over. You dress differently. Day two, day three. You can have as many dates in your mind as you want to, you know, in a day. I mean, think about it. I mean, how many dates can you have? How many? It doesn't take you long, so you can you can actually... 10 or 12 or 15 of those in, in a day. And so you're working on that habit by breaking the habit by giving yourself that new vision. That's the next step. All right. I'm looking forward to it. So um, we got the, the fitness tribe up and going, and I wonder, I, I think I need to put a post in there so they can tell on themselves too. <laughs> I want to know how exactly. they are doing on breaking their bad habit before I um, give let them know that it's not as hard as we made it. I, I tend to do that. I think we people in general do that, but I tend to do that. I make it harder, not knowing I'm making it harder than what it was, because I was expecting to get back to you on Monday and say, hey, I got that one done. What's next? But I'm like, no, I didn't quite do it. I'm going to tell you the kind of things I did, Coach, while I was trying to change this habit, right? I realized I was on my phone. I'm looking around, see who's looking. Then I even dimmed the light on my phone so it wouldn't seem as obvious that I'm on the phone. <laughs> see, I mean, you, you're just, in, in other words, you were aware, so you knew, you know, so, so you're, going, you're going in the right direction. Oh gosh! <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested in hearing about everybody else's bad habits on the tribe to see where they are as well. Because me, I, I actually got another half hour sleep. You know, instead of me doing my five hours, or, or you know, I, I did. I oh yeah, was, it is I right. Yours was six, sleeping. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So six and a half hours. I got six and a half hours. 
you know. But what was really wild, I went to bed, like, this morning. And this is not, wasn't my fault. It was just, you know, I went to bed on time to get another six and a half hours. And for whatever reason, my brain went to work this morning and got me up. So I really only got five and four hours this morning. But it's not like I did, had the, the intention of getting four hours. I stayed up too late. Just for whatever reason, I couldn't, once I woke up, I couldn't go back to sleep. That you know, And that happens. So, you know, I can't fault myself for that. But in, in, in essence, you know, I, I was still trying to get the six and a half hours sleep. So I'm working, I'm working on mine just like you're working on yours. I'm definitely going to put a post in there and see what their update was. I believe Amber posted her bad habit in there. Woody posted his bad habit in there. So we're going to see what their their update is. So with that being said, we have 66 minus seven days <laughs> to work exactly. on this uh, bad habit. What are we? What's our take action for this week? What are we doing? What what do you, what Actually, are you where, where are you moving us to? What are we doing? Well, I, on, on your habit. I told you what you start doing now. Now start envisioning yourself doing all oh, the movies, visualizing the, the, the movie. The, okay. Yeah, inside the movie, and you know, changing that the script of what's going on. That's on your bad habit. But what I have this week is I'm going to make people's lives a little easier this week. You know, um, now I, the reason I hadn't posted. Uh, I was at a mastermind um, uh, retreat, and so I learned a couple things. Uh, the guy that, that, that headed up the retreat, he, he taught us some, a couple things, and he was teaching us about time management. Um, and I know we're all guilty of, uh, of for whatever reason, of, of bad time management at some points in our lives. Um, but... Um, the bottom line is is that he made us do something, an exercise that really showed, you know, where it's the 80-20 principle, where 80% of what we do, I mean, 20% of what we do actually gives us 80% of the pleasure in our life, actually gives us 80% of the productivity in our lives, um, actually gives us the 80% of the happiness in our lives, that 20%. The other 80%, that we do is just busy, drudgery, sometimes drudgery, sometimes necessity, but really things, some of the stuff that we can cut out of our lives that is not doing us any good. And so that's something I want to talk about today, um, if you're ready for it. I'm ready. So what I want you to do is draw a triangle. Get a piece of paper and a pen and let me know when you have it. Oh, hold a moment. Hold a moment. You want me uh, to have a clean sheet of paper? Hold a moment. You want me to have a clean sheet of paper? I'm getting it. Go yep. ahead. I'm drawing a triangle. Okay. All right. And then what I want you to do is I want you to put a line, two lines, one at the top making a smaller triangle, and then one uh, at toward the bottom. Uh, you know, so you have three sections. Okay. Okay, so now in the one section, in the one section, I want you to, uh, the bottom section, I want you to put the things that 
you you really hate doing in life. I mean, you do them every day. I mean, I'm, I'm taking a day and the things that you you do but you really don't like to do. I want you to to put that list. I want you to to put. A, well, here's what I want to do. I want to put. I want you to put a list on a piece of paper. And you don't have, you don't, you can number it. Don't have to number it. And what I want you to do while you and I are talking, if other people want to do this exercise, is I want you to write out the different things that you do on a daily basis. It might take you a couple minutes to do this. Um, you know, like I get up, I brush my teeth, I get up, I comb my hair. You know, those type of things, I want all that on the list. Okay, so, you know, whatever you're, you do in a day, I want you to, to just to draw it out, all right, while we're talking. And, and the reason I, I want you to do this is because I want people to actually see, you know, we all talk about time, and one of the things that he taught us is that is that uh, time management is a myth, and and I'll explain that later. And so is time, and productivity is a myth. And I'll explain that later too. And what we're going to do is we're going to deal with the personal life today, and we're actually going to deal with fitness and the business life next week on this. But I'm going to show you just how much time we truly have in a day if we choose to have the time, if that makes sense, okay? Um, because a lot of the stuff that we do that we deem a necessity is really a filler, not to do the things that we should be doing, to be productive. Have you ever found yourself doing that? Trying to be set it again because I'm over here working on my list of what I hate doing. I'm trying to multitask. It's not working out. Well, not 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 just, again. Not just keep doing everything that. You no, know, I want you to list everything that you do, including the stuff you okay. hate, including the stuff you like, including the stuff you you love. I want all of that in the list while you're doing it. But okay, I, what I what I said was, you know, we what we tend to do is we tend to have fillers in our life that we do in order that it takes up time, it fills spots, and, and, but we're not really, and it kind of substitutes for the things that we should be doing that will make us productive. Like busy work, because, just doing something to be doing something, just busy? Just Yeah, just, you're doing busy work, and, and, and that's to fill the time when, and we'll talk about why later, but that's where a lot of us are. You know, if if you list out, let me know when you get close to or you get done with your list of things that you do on a daily basis. I'm pretty, so, I, I, I'm pretty close to being done. Okay, when I did, when I, when I, I found myself, you know, I did this exercise and it was eye-opening to to me. At, at times, I mean, well, not not at times, but it was eye-opening uh, about at times what I'm doing and, and how that's just a filler as opposed to what I should be doing or could be doing. So now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to read your list of No! Okay. Now, this is most days. Cause I, I don't wash dishes every day because I don't like them. But washing dishes... Getting dressed, brushing my teeth, doing my hair, 
do the radio show, reading and um, writing notes, schoolwork. Of course, you got to eat and get a shower in from time to time. That's about basic. Maybe some housework. Did you put in working like out? Some, they ain't say nothing about working out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. You say nothing about no working there. out. <laughs> I bust it. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, you set me up. <laughs> no. Shut up. Cut. We're going to break. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you set me up. That was a setup. Okay, so now let's look at the things. I want you to put uh, an in by the things that are necessary, like brushing the teeth, doing the hair, taking the shower, those things. Uh-huh. Um, um, put it in by everything that you feel that's necessary. Put it in by everything that's necessary? That's necessary, that you ha- that you feel that you have to do the, in a day. You know, not that whether you like it or not, it needs to be done. I mean, you know, you, you have to take the time to brush your teeth. Whether you like to brush your teeth or not, you know, it, it's something that you know that you need to do every day, okay? Um, whether you like taking yeah, a shower or not. Yeah, I can get away with not doing housework or dishes. Um, I enjoy reading. I read all sorts of stuff, so I guess that's a needed thing. Um Writing sometimes, depending on what I have to write, may be dreaded. Schoolwork I should be doing every day. No, I don't. Um, so let's see. The things, do you want me to start with the list of things I don't do every day? Because that list is shorter. Yeah, what don't you do every day? I don't wash dishes well, every no, no, day. No no. No, 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 stop for a second. Let's take the things that you do every day. Let's take that list. Oh. Okay, well, we know working out isn't on there, so we get that out the way. Um, Getting dressed, brushing teeth. I can get away with not doing my hair. Um, So getting dressed, brushing teeth, reading, um, eating, and showering. Okay, stop for a second. Is reading a necessity for you that you really have to do reading every day, or is it something that you've chosen to do every day because you like it? Some of it's necessary if I'm interviewing somebody or looking for new show ideas, so it's related to the radio show, and then some of it is pleasure. Like I read before I go to bed as part of my um, nighttime routine. Okay. So the mix. So so then uh, let's look at it this way. Uh, if you're if you're reading, I mean, so so brushing teeth. Take a shower, uh, getting dressed, eating. How much do you think it takes if you just put that in a hourly fashion to do all the things that you think that you that, that are necessary for you to do in your life? And all that shit, I might spend three hours a day. Okay, so you have three hours a day. Maybe, now, maybe, maybe. No, I'm lying. I'm lying because if the radio show is like two hours, so maybe five hours a day total. Okay, so so five hours a day, those are necessities, right? 
right? So mm-hmm. now, okay, so let's set those aside. One of the things you don't have on there is sleep, and that's something that you have to do. So typically Heck, you, you know get what? seven, you eight know, hours. I didn't put that because I figured it was assumed. But <laughs> <laughs> that's seven, not, eight hours, okay. right? Right. So I'm up to 13 hours now. Uh-huh. So if we say, hey, that's 13 hours, right? Right. So now you're left with 11 hours? Yep. Okay. So when you you break it down, how much of those 11 hours are productive in making you better in life? None of them. So now, if most of us are... <laughs> if you break my list down like this, none of them. <laughs> okay, exactly. So if you want... If, I need to make better use of my time. Because here's the thing. What's the first thing that it seems that, that people are? And we're, we're going to do a time assessment coming up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you to put on the... Uh, the uh, your, the website, but, okay. But but uh, well, and, and the radio show, so people, any, everybody can do it. But here's the thing. Okay. What's the what's the thing that you say about time most of the time? We don't have enough time. You don't have enough time, right? Not right. enough hours in a day. Too busy to get everything done, right? Okay. So what you right. just said. Because what you just said is typical about everybody as far as their time is concerned. So you just said 11 hours isn't enough time in your day to get everything else that you need to get done done. That's what you just said. That's true. So right. so you want us to wrap up right there because you just stepped all over my feet. <laughs> <laughs> We're done here, right? We're done. We can do the rest of the triangle next week, right? But here's the thing that you need to understand. Once you get a perspective on time, then you can conquer it. That's the beauty of it. Remember, 80-20 principle. So if you have 11 hours, 20% of what you're doing it's going to be significant for 80% of the results that you get, okay? So if we knock out another hour, basically what that says is two hours, in two hours that you spend, you can goof off the rest of the time because you only need two significant hours to give you 80% of what you're after. Yeah. Right? That's what it sounds like from this setup you just put me in. Okay. So why is it that we're not having the success that we would like to have? Because we're goofing off? Because we're not taking those two hours and doing what's significant. We're not doing that work. That's what we need to start focusing on. Think about it. That two hours could be the difference between you being super successful and just where you are. Or in the, and you could be on a good level or, or not so good level, or average level, above average level, below average level. doesn't matter. 
But if you significantly change those two hours, what could you really do? And if you decided that you were going to do more than two hours and maybe add a third hour, just how productive and how successful would you be? You you are wrapping up now. I mean, I'm just like I'm I'm stuck. I don't have the answers for you this week. You stuck me. I was not prepared. Well, now I want to add more stuff. I want to add more stuff on my list to justify <laughs> the time now. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is I want people to think about that this week. I want them to really do that evaluation this week and look at their look at their time, look at what they do. Okay. Now, oh. some people will say, "Well, I have an eight-hour job." Okay, okay. so they'll they'll throw eight hours of, of work in there. Okay, but if asked if that's making them happy, their eight-hour job, most people will say no. Okay, and we're going to discuss okay. that next week. We're going to discuss the no's and the things that don't make us happy next week. All right. But for now, can, I want I'm stuck for on now, I, I want everybody to evaluate do this time thing and evaluate evaluate where they are. All right. And then I'm going to send you I'm going to send you the the uh, the time uh, the the time scarcity assessment. This is after we do our list, all right? Yes. Okay. Because these are the seven okay. questions that that you're going to answer, and you'll see, you'll you'll start to see where we're going to really see where people really are. Mm, 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 mm. Now you trick me. I, I next feel tricked. The next two three weeks, this is going to be a life changing thing. We're just this right here. All right. Well, I'm I'm actually I'm looking forward to it now. I really do want to go back and add stuff on my list now. You didn't give me enough time. <laughs> anyway, we've been talking with Coach Sonny Ussery, author of The Fitness Game. Also, he is our leader in the TNTBS Fitness Tribe. If you have not joined the group on Facebook yet, please join the TNTBS Fitness Tribe. People are sharing their different meals and recipes, their um, fitness regimens, as well as the things that are holding us back. We work, we're work. we still working on our one bad habit that we want to break, and some of us started last week, and we'll be giving our updates. Ooh, I gave mine and found out I wasn't doing as bad as I thought, but this time we're adding on, we're making a list of what we do every day. We're looking at getting more success in our lives, and it, and it sounds like we'll be able to do that in two hours, but I don't know if that's the challenge or not. But you want to stay tuned. Join us back on Monday when we talk with Coach Tony Ussery again. But join the Fitness Tribe in the meantime. And, Coach, are you still doing the the free strategies for the yes, TGS listeners? Okay. Yep. So you want to get all of this free stuff that's going to help you. And if you told yourself back in January you were going to do better, well, now's the time to do better, and it's July, and you can have another New Year's resolution, and we're here to support you. Coach, I'm putting you out of here. I'm not even going to ask you to leave. I'm putting you out of here this time. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you back on next week, all right? My all right. Goodness. I'll talk to you then. Bye. All right. We're getting ready for politics with Valerie's son. I got to get out of the hot seat. That was too much for me. Hey, Valerie's son, we need to get caught up in the world of politics. What's going on?
Absolutely. It's always great to, again, have an opportunity to come in and share political news. On uh, the wonderful weather, wonderful day to we have. And as I say, always difficult. So, he keeps us uh, very well attuned to many things that are happening, not only in the community, but with our health. Uh-oh. All right, are you there? All right, let's try this again. We might have a little trouble with the connection there. We're going to take a short break and come right back, get him back on the line so we can talk politics. so much for staying tuned with us as this needs to be said. We're getting ready for politics with Valerie's son. Are you ready to go? Yes, absolutely. You're enjoying that um, weather too much. That's what it was. Stay out the window. Some of the holidays. We're coming off the holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. That'll get you, too. Yeah, that's some of the things that are going on. But there are a few things that are taking place that are kind of important and significant. One being that right now, the new voter law is actually being tested in court today and it will continue probably until the middle of this week. But they're actually going before federal judges. The arguments in the lawsuit found to block the legislation from going into effect for the midterm election in November. We're talking about the new voter laws that were passed on last year. U.S. District Court Judge Tom Shorter is scheduled to begin hearing these arguments today in the case of legal women voters in North Carolina versus state of North Carolina. Now, a number of organizations have joined the leagues of women voters as plaintiffs, including the ACLU and the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Also involved with the plaintiffs are the U.S. Department of Justice and, of course, the NAACP, who has championed this uh, campaign really since the inception of it. They've been right there. They've been uh, campaigning. They've been saying that these laws were unjust and unfair in the beginning. Now, the plaintiffs are arguing that the voter laws, technically called the Voter Information Verification Act, is designed to uh, block voter turnout by African-American, Latino, young voters, and the elderly. 
This week's court hearings are expected to gain nationwide attention as a test of legislation has been adopted or proposed for a number of other states. Now, the best-known part of the law requires voters to present photo ID before casting the ballot. That portion of the legislation goes into effect in 2016, which most anyone who listens to the show is very aware of. The plan is also arguing against portions of the law that eliminates advanced registration for 16- to 17-year-olds, which, of course, you should be able to vote early, register early. It does away with the practice of county votes cast by residents in their own precinct, and it reduces the number of days the early voting period takes place from 17 days and been prior to now 10 days. The law also registered voters to challenge ballots cast by other votes. The law was adopted by, in July by the North Carolina House and the Senate with strong support from public lawmakers. And Governor McCormick actually made this a law back in August. Now, supporters of the law say it was designed to disenfranchise minorities and others. Instead, law backers said the Voter Information Verification Act is designed to prevent voter fraud. And again, it's something we've talked about many times here. It kind of goes back and forth about. And this gives you an idea of how both perspectives are taking place. When you see that they are coming out and actually campaigning and champion for them to take place. But again, that is going on throughout this upcoming week. Another thing is taking place. You see that the, uh, in Idaho County, you have early voting that's actually taking place now, and I can't encourage enough for people to go out and support the early voting that is taking place. It's going into July 15th. Now, Republicans, what's actually happening with them is that the second primary for the clerk of Superior Court and the July 15th Democratic second primary for the states for every U.S. House Senate. Now, you have incumbent Jim Nixon facing Ronald Wyatt for the clerk of Superior Court and the Republican runoff, and Georgina Henley, is facing Joshua Brandon in the second Democratic primary for District 5 in the U.S. House. The House district includes Statesville, and is split between several areas there, including Union Grove, Chambersburg. Now, early voting takes place from 8 to 6, Monday to Friday, and 8 to 1 Saturday at the Iredell County Board of Elections. That's on Stockton Street in Statesville. So most people down there do know exactly where that is, but it's about a block away from the Iredell County Courthouse and the Iredell County Sheriff's Office. The reason, again, these are very important because you're putting two important seats in. The reason you have a second primary, well, of course, I've had the original primary. You're going to have to have a runoff because it was so close. Again, enough percentage wasn't put in for one way or the other, so you're going to have another, <clears throat> sorry, you got to have another runoff. And then it's taking place from now into the 15th. So most Iredell County residents know that, but it is important. We can't stress enough. How you go out and vote? Because many times the runoff, they don't expect a lot of people to come. So you're going to win by just the number of people to come. So if only 100 people go vote, whoever gets the most votes is going to win. As opposed to when you have more people aware of it, when it gets more attention, and everyone else is going out in the primaries, they're more aware of it. But now Idaho County is the only county that's still actually having people to go vote. Again, that's important to know that you do go out, that's where you're voting, in Idaho County. Also in Idaho County, the Idaho State for School Board, the uh, Board of Elections has to begin a new fiscal year in January. I'm sorry, July. They begin a new fiscal year in July. So three new board members will be sworn in uh, tomorrow during the committee of the whole meeting. Now, uh, the district's going to kind of get rid of, or I'm saying get rid of. They're going to have three long-term um, individuals that are no longer going to be part of the board, and that's Bill Bradder, John Rogers, and Brian Schumacher. And they're going to welcome in Martin Page, Cindy Haynes, and Max James. Now, this is the first first line of business will be electing a new board chair and a vice chair. Position that have been occupied by Dr. David Cash for the last eight years and Charles Kelly for the four prior to that. So that'll be kind of a new thing or new news that's taking place because you're going to have a board that's now going to have three new members and members of the committee that gave a place a long time individuals that have been there. 
It's going to have an impact on the amount of federal money that's going to be sent in because that's one of the main things that's going to be voted on, how is that proposal going to take place. They're also going to deal with the administration of uh, Dr. Dougley Taylor, who's going to sit in and serve as Deputy Superintendent of Curriculum and Instruction, and Rich Armstrong, which is Assistant Superintendent of Operations. They're going to split the duties that were shared by former Deputy Superintendent of Operations, Dr. Ron Hargrave, who now is the Superintendent of Scotland County uh, on the further end of uh, North Carolina. He's now the superintendent of Scotland County. So we have two people kind of sharing what's going to take place. And in essence, have both of them on the board, have been here uh, back and forth as exactly what's going to go down, what's going to take place with each vote and how it's elected, when something is put before the board in general. You kind of have two people doing the job, but one who's always kind of tricky, but that's something else that's going to have to be determined because they're going to have to decide exactly who's going to wear their hat, who's going to sit there. So several things are taking place now in the county. Along with that, county commissioners already took issue back in January. School officials asked for an approval on laptop purchase plans uh, without any clear way of making a substantial amount for the grant money. But basically, they want to provide laptops, which happens here in CMS, happens in several other counties, without exactly knowing how the funding is going to take place for that. So it's like you get in, you sit down in July, and as soon as you sit down, they say, Welcome, let's start voting. They got things, they've got to propose, and they have to put out to make sure that um, those funds are allocated properly and that if, in fact, it's going to take place, where exactly the money is coming from. The Monroe, Monroe City Council, voted to hire Edward Faison as the new city manager during a special meeting that was held last week. Now, Faison's salary is set to be $145,000. That's what you get for being the city manager of Monroe. Faison previously served as city manager in Weibel. We're actually still serving now. I'm going to come down. Spring Lake, Smallsburg, he was an assistant city manager in Jacksonville. He also served as a town manager in the uh, small town of Virginia. Faison's professional career also includes time in the private sector as a developer, uh, development officer for 100 Developer Corporation. He owes a master's degree from Campbell University and a bachelor's degree from Virginia Tech. So there's uh, a very skilled and very uh, experienced man that is coming in to be the new city manager, something that we've talked about here before, but they kind of went back and forth. There were over 60 applicants that uh, applied for this job. There were many people that wanted to be in the CW city manager, but, of course, they got out. Uh, now, finally, I've made a decision who they're going to hire, and again, that is going to be Mr. Edward Faison, who's now the new city manager. Something else has been kind of controversial that's going on now is that uh, Representative Charles Jeter, who is a, actually a Charlotte Republican, who pushed to make the name of charter school employees private, said Thursday he's withdrawn support from his own amendment. So imagine me putting out a uh, bid saying this is what needs to take place, and then I go back myself and say, I changed my mind. Instead, he said he hopes to see. Lawmakers, educators, and journalists discuss the best way for the North Carolina public records law to be applied consistently district schools and charters, which are run with public money by private boards. Any proposal to come out of that will be introduced at the end of 2015, he said. So basically, you have charter schools. It's important to know why they are private and how they're run. Our state dollars do fund them. So it's kind of they're, they're both, they're private as well as public. Now, the eight-person Congress committee Senators and representatives have been named to reconcile differences in a bill that covers a range of charter school issues, including disclosure of personal information. Now, Jesus said he spoke with committee co-chair, Representative Greg Horn, out of Union County, and urged that the panel drop this amendment that said charter school employees' names are not subject to public disclosure, which had been a big case back and forth. Earlier this week, Governor McCoy threatened to veto any version of the bill that attempts to hide the name of charter school employees for public record. The Senate version states that charter schools are subject to the same disclosure requirements as other public schools, which includes names, positions, and salaries. 
So most people do know that any public school employee, whether they're a teacher, counselor, principal, whatever, that information is public record. It has been posted. You can find out what any regular employee makes. You can find the position they hold, where they work, and how much money they make. So at least their base salary. So that basically was the whole constituent uh, of the argument. You're trying to determine it's the same thing we've done for charter schools, because, again, you have public funding going into many of the charter schools. That was the issue that was going back and forth. Now, the parent block from the charter schools, from the least employee names under any circumstances, including potentially posting on school websites or responding to weapon checks. Now, the thing is you have about 22 charter schools that are falling into this category in the state of North Carolina. And he said the goal was that journalists and other members of the public get all the details they want except maybe the names. Because now when journalists want to do articles and get information on it, it the charter schools have things to hide. And we discussed here on the show many times the kind of big um, controversy. So you've been able to get your child out of a public school and put them in a charter school. About now you can get the funding where it's no longer an issue where it was three or four years ago. But now it's just a matter of some paperwork of getting your child from a public school to a charter school. But to go in there, you should be able to get this information because, again, tax money is going towards it. So that's kind of the whole thing that's going back and forth about what kind of disclosure, should it be full disclosure, when exactly you should be able to get that information from someone that is employed in a charter school, exactly what their salary is. Another one of the things with that, and there's a common belief, probably a misconception, there's a lot more money put into charter schools that salaries are higher, have better resources. That's not normally the case. It's simply a matter of where does it go. I, I think okay. that that should be a sense of um, controversy. I mean, it's public money going into a private setting, so to speak, the charter school. And, yeah, as a parent with a public school student, I would say I have a problem with the charter schools getting paid more money than my public school teachers because it's still my money, still my tax dollars that's being spent on it. So did you say how that, that was determined? And this, maybe it's been a while, or maybe you said it today, and I, I, I blazed over it. But no, no. Well, did you say? No, what actually taking place? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was asking, did you um, explain how how could that be? Yes. What happened, when it actually came out, when it was initially introduced, the issue was journalists have done several articles. There have been several things written in the past few years about certain teachers, about their salary, how many days they've missed, when they've been to work. Basically, everything about you is public record. So let's say there was something about a principal you wanted to know. You can just simply go online and find out, principal, whatever school your child might go to, find out what an individual makes, what they've been doing, what is that. I mean, you can find everything out. That was not the case in charter schools. So then journalists and many other people brought about the question, why is that the case? Why is it someone can leave a public school, go to a charter school, and now we can't find out anything about them as far as, you know, the information, what they do, how much money they make. That's the thing, then back and forth. Some people have left as a result of that. There are certain people that have left public schools and gone to charter schools for many reasons, but some of the reasons would be that now everything is not disclosed. So now everyone doesn't know where you, know, where you work or what you make. That kind of information has not been released before in charter schools. And, again, the issue was if you're giving public money to it, they should be susceptible to the same things that someone teaching at a public elementary school should be under. And that was what uh, Charles Eater, who, again, was the uh, Mexican County Republican, he initially said he thought it should not be public. But then he went back and said he thinks it should, but with certain provisions. He doesn't think it should be run exactly the way that the public schools are run because they are private to, a, to an extent. They're public and they're private only because they're getting funds. They would not be able to operate, most of them, if all they got was private money, private donations. They would not be able to operate. So there are public funds going into them. And that's where the, it's like the full disclosure law. That's where it kind of comes in. Because 
but again, you're keeping personal files away from other individuals that have to reveal it if they're in the public schools. And again, some people haven't left as a result of that because many people who have a problem which you've been able to find out exactly what they make because a lot of jobs, especially if they're private sectors, you can't do that. But again, someone who works at a public university or public school, something of that nature, you can simply go on and Google and find out all the information about them. That's been released. The Charlotte Observer does a thing on it each year. So what principals make, what teachers make. So that's how, getting back to something else we were doing, that's how you know the issue with teacher salary is where it is because it's very well documented what teachers make in certain counties. So many times when someone's moving from one city to another or one county to another, they can see what they're making in a certain area. That's if you have a math teacher here in Charlotte and they want to move to Greensboro, they will look and see what the salary is and what they're making there. So it's not the same around the board, but it's similar. It's not where you are, what you teach, and what kind of school it is. And, again, charter schools have not had to do the same thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other things that are making just as big a news, kind of going back off of what we are, our biggest thing, I guess, on last week, we were talking about what is now exactly happening with the, the new law of considering birth control, considering what all is covered by an employer, and what all an employer now has to cover. We talked about now it's been said the Hobby Lobby actually come out with, they were the main leaders of a suit, saying now that under religious practices, whatever my religious belief may be for my particular company, I now can withhold the right from you as part of what's in your insurance, what you can get or what's covered by my company. And more than half of the properly insured women are getting free birth control under President Obama's health law, which is a major coverage shift that's likely to advance. This week, the Supreme Court allows some employers, again, to opt out. But most companies appear to be going in the opposite direction. Recent data from the IMS Institute documents a sharp change even since last year. The state of privately insured women who got their birth control pills without any copay jumped to 50% from about 14% back in 2012. The law requirement that most health plans cover birth control as prevention at no additional cost to women actually took full effect at the end of 2013. The average annual savings for women they're rounding it off to be about $270, which is a big number, according to Michael Carroll of the Institute. And basically what he did in his research He's simply saying that now that more and more women are getting it, more and more companies are now going to provide it because, to be honest, you don't want to be left behind, left behind. You don't want to face the criticism of not being able to do it. And, of course, you don't want to lose employees. If there are 10 companies and eight of them are providing it, then obviously some of the people will qualify or go to one of these other companies as well as the scrutiny you would catch for not doing it, even though you do have the Supreme Court says you do have the opportunity not to do it. You can certainly opt out based on a ruling that recently came last week from the Supreme Court. Now, the core of the law, where you have taxpayers subsidized coverage for the uninsured, benefits a kind of small number of Americans. But free preventive care from flu shots to colonoscopies is a divided sort of majority of employer coverage. So these things are to be provided by your employee. Expanded preventive coverage has gotten as much attention as other bonus and already insured. And the provision allows young adults to remain with their parents' policy until they turn 26. That may start to change with all discussion of birth control, so that is important. I know we didn't know that. That, uh, that was also part of the provision, that you can cover an adult child until the age of 26. Business groups and employees benefit consultants. There is a little change in the employers to roll back contraceptive coverage as a result of this new Supreme Court ruling. But the court did carve out a very close-knit several companies that are going to, again, already come out and say because of religious beliefs, they are not going to provide this. Birth control use is virtually universal in the United States. About half of all pregnancies are still unplanned. Forgetting to take the pill, they said, is the major reason. So according to their statistics, about half of all the pregnancies that take place in the United States are unplanned. 
But they said one of the major reasons, again, is because the pill is forgotten to be taken. It's not that women are not getting the pill. They're forgetting to take it. That's according to the medical doctors. So that's what we are as far as what all you cannot, what all you are allowed to do. And again, everyone I would assume knows that when you do get a policy, you do start on a new job, all of a sudden to change. That should be one of the primary things that you do. But I guess you and I both know people that work each day. They're not sure what all is covered by the job until they get sick or until they need it. Then all of a sudden they mm-hmm. start to do the paperwork to find out what they have. Well, here's a law that just took place last week. So some women may very well be working at a company that is not going to give them any of this stuff for free because of their religious beliefs, and you wouldn't be aware of it. But again, most companies do, but there's certainly something they never want to check. Because again, this is a new law that was just put into effect uh, last week. But as it trickle down more and more, you will see more and more companies going back and forth deciding it's just something they're going to go on the umbrella of their religious beliefs or they're going to actually continue to provide um, free contraception to their female employees. So that will certainly be a very interesting uh, case to really take place. As of tomorrow, the state of Washington will become the second state to actually sell marijuana, just walk into the store and get marijuana. As we talked about um, a few weeks ago, I told you that the new time was approaching. So I knew it was soon, but it is uh, in July, and it is supposed to actually start tomorrow. So, again, Colorado will be the, uh, I'm sorry, Washington, but you're Colorado, being the two states that that is possible to do. Now, the, uh, the issue has always been about it with other states, exactly who is going to monitor this, how it's going to take place, and exactly how the money and revenue are going to be dispensed from the sale of, um, now it starts out as a medicinal marijuana, and now it has moved to recreational marijuana. Now, again, Colorado and Washington, uh, they already had the medicinal marijuana in place. Now, new stores open tomorrow allow adults to come in and just basically purchase marijuana. Um, there are several sites, but in one of them they have what's called a uh, space needle. <clears throat> and you have actually it's a bag, and it has one gram, and it shows everything on there. The marijuana is inside of it. You simply go in and get the bag, and there's the marijuana. Now, Colorado has certainly seen this past year negative attention from legalized marijuana, uh, including several high-profile deaths they said uh, contributed to it, where people basically, I guess for lack of a better term, kind of spaced out after taking it. And they've had all kinds of different results and all kinds of things happen because you're getting people who now are not using or have not used in many years, again, able to walk into a store. There are certain provisions as far as age, the amounts you can get, but there aren't any real stringent requirements to come in and get it. You and I certainly will meet all the qualifications just to walk into the store and buy it. And as I say each week or each time I do a story on this, now that it has come there, expect it to trickle down. And I don't think it will be long before the majority of the 50 states have the same thing. Now, once the state won't uh, be permitting edible sales uh, in the first retail stores when they first open, but it is something they're going to approve and go on to doing later on in the year. The delay may give vendors time to adjust their products. But again, not only can you go in stores, there will be something that's found in vending machines. So that's where we are in the state of uh, Colorado and Washington with allowing uh, the sales of marijuana, and the legalization of it as far as how it's used and where it's used. And, again, I think that is kind of a significant story because it is going to trickle down. And on that same note, Governor Cuomo, actually over the holiday weekend, included signing a new legislation that actually legalized marijuana in the state of New York for additional purposes. So, again, it seems to be following the same suit. Administration sources confirmed that Cuomo did sign the bill on sanity, really without a whole lot of fanfare or a lot of argument. It was approved by the Senate and the Assembly in the final days of the legislation session back in June. Now, the bill was sent to Cuomo's desk back on the 24th, and the governor needed to sign the veto by Saturday, and he did sign it. He had a ceremony of signing, and they all came out. 
it's the thing about that. The sign that makes New York the 23rd state to legalize marijuana use for medicinal purposes. But it'll be at least another 18 months before medicinal marijuana becomes available in New York. And the state health department will now draft detailed regulations to govern both the manufacture and the distribution of the product. So that is, again, just going to show such. Always significant news when it happens. They have not took a fake in North Carolina or South Carolina. So they don't want to get into trouble, but there are states where it is taking place. And again, it seems to trickle down when that uh, takes place. Um, President Obama, we got to ask President Obama news. He uh, spent the holiday welcoming many U.S. citizens, including members of the U.S. Armed Forces. That is now a stumping round a new change for the nation's immigration system, which we talked about last week. The new immigration system, how more immigrants are now being allowed to become U.S. citizens. President Obama watches 25 new Americans took the oath of allegiance, a group that included veterans, reservists, and spouses, as well as 15 active duty members. She actually had members doing active duty that were not U.S. citizens. The ceremony's got a move reminder that America is and always has been a nation of immigrants, um, President Obama stated. It also reminded the problems and the challenges along the nation's borders. If we keep attracting the best and brightest from beyond our borders, we have a chance to fix the immigration system, which is clearly broken. And that's something that um, is just, he's going back and forth, and it's something he's put out before. And now they're looking for different ways to kind of rectify it, because what exactly happens when someone comes to the United States illegally has been a source of questions now for several years. There have been these state kind of houses different, these area houses different. Therefore, you need a more stringent rules and regulations as to who exactly will control, who how long you stay here, what happens when you stay here, and what it takes to be a citizen. Now, the Senate bill includes a pathway to citizenship for immigrants who are already in the United States illegally. Many House Republicans object to that provision, calling it an amnesty for lawbreakers. The public is basically saying that once you come here, you're breaking the law. You're illegal, and you shouldn't be here. So anything you do after that, and I won't say you're a criminal, but in the eyes of many Republicans, that's how they view it. You shouldn't be here in the first place. So anything you do, as you know, there's a criminal act, basically. Working, doing anything you do, you're doing illegally. President Obama is actually saying in this new bill that it gives you a pathway to citizenship and it's an easier pathway because many times many immigrants are unaware or unsure of what it takes to actually become a U.S. citizen. And again, they, you know, they're, they're, they're just immigrants that are here hoping that they're not caught and deported. Now, the White House Nationalization Ceremony featured 15 active duty service members serving the U.S. Army, Marines, Air Force, and National Guard, and again, two veterans and one reservists. You've got people that are now American citizens that came from South Korea, Trinidad, Trinidad, Jamaica, only Ukraine, Ghana, Jamaica, Nigeria. So it's great to have that opportunity to take place and have that many people, and it was actually a celebration of sorts because several things took place uh, out on the White House lawn on Friday night, welcoming those citizens, and certainly, again, making them true and full of United States citizens. And um, one final thing, uh, the Columbia mayor, which we discussed, Steve Benjamin, um, he's not going to have to give a full disclosure on the trip he took to Florida. They about paid for him back in 2010, in December 10th of 2010. The trip was actually paid for by a developer of a weather construction company. So now they want to know exactly what was taking place, how much money was spent. He's got to give a complete list of a trip he took to Orlando. Now, the man has not been charged with any crime. And right now, he's not been even identified. We talked about before the case with uh, Jonathan Vincent. That's kind of been a big story in the former South Carolina State University president. We talked about that a few weeks ago and how the mayor is linked to that. There seems to be another step to find out everything that he knows, everything that's taking place, because it's kind of unusual for a sitting officer, certainly a mayor, to go on a trip, now have to come back, something that took place in 2010, and now have to document 
everything he's done, how much money he spent, and what took place. And that's the trip went anywhere from seven to ten thousand dollars. And um it doesn't appear on um, Benjamin 2012, 13, or 14 statements of his economic interest or seems as the interest is given. That is highly something. Um, again, we're going to certainly be updated even more so next week. Only trial is taking place with uh, Mr. Pinson. And we did talk about several other things that happened uh, to the other marriage we talked about, including former Mary Cannon and Mary Megan and several other marriages we talked about. This is along the same lines. If, in fact, he had any kind of um, handling or doing with Jonathan Pinson. It would be another, uh, an unfortunate Alaska American bear. It would be in the same category of something's going on with the money here, something doesn't look right, something doesn't seem to be right. So I don't want to cast any aspersions on, uh, on uh, Mr. Benjamin, but it seems as if that's the rule that's handed down. But he's going to turn in all of his information on trips he's taken as well as one other one, and then we'll see more and more as we develop exactly what happened with uh, Mr. Benjamin. So keep Steve Benjamin's uh, name on your mind because you should hear some information from him again. He is the mayor of Columbia, South Carolina, of course, the capital of South Carolina. So um, each week we kind of end the same way. I urge you to watch the news. Again, people have written and told me that as they start watching the news, they've seen me to be correct. Because uh, it's almost impossible to watch it in the first five minutes and not see something that relates to politics. Uh, I don't want to use the old joke. They're always doing something, but it seems like they are. And it's good, it's bad, and all kinds <laughs> of different things. <laughs> but you're going to see something political. Each and every time that you look on the news, almost every day on the front page of the paper, there'll be some type of political article there. And I know many of us now read uh, on the computer and actually get the paper. But those things you're going to see. So I encourage you to do that enough. If you just want the first five minutes, and certainly the news comes on enough if you have an opportunity. There's a 5, 5, 36, there's a 10 o'clock news, 11 o'clock news, so certainly there's enough opportunity to see it. Those things really enlighten you because many times you put a face for the name. Anytime I'm not reading information here, you're just hearing it and seeing it. But you're hearing it and not seeing it, rather. Well, the news, you actually get to see a lot of these individuals, see some of the things that are taking place. And many of us, I know, are very visual creatures. So that's why I uh, insist, really, or actually, that you look at the news as much as possible, certainly the first five minutes. As far as contacting me, as many of you have done, you know, that you go to Facebook, once logging on, you go to Valerie Sun, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun. That will link you on the Talking Politics. Once you link the Talking Politics, you're going to see many of the other uh, likes and many of the other individuals that are not only part of it, but you'll see some of the questions on there. You'll see some of these current topics that we talk about, as well as other things that are political that are posted on there. And again, you can go on your phone now, and you can download my favorite app. This needs to be seen. You're going to see the little blue elephant, the elephants in the room. Once you go on there, you're certainly going to be able to see it. Not only this segment, but all the other great segments uh, on the show, but all the other things that you're going to hear that Kevin is doing, and certainly about doing that, it also will link you to being able to hear this week's show as well as prior week shows. And again, all the other great things that are taking place on that site, on that app. So I would encourage everyone, more so than anything else we're talking about, to make sure you have that app on your phone, on your laptop, and be readily available. And again, we thank you each week for listening, and uh, again, I do try to respond as many questions as I can. That's a lot all of right, looking Looking forward to you joining us next week, keeping us posted. Yeah, you're right. They're always doing something. That's what I was thinking, too. I mean, yeah. it, it would take it would only take, like, one, maybe two people to get caught for me, and I would straighten up. Like, you wouldn't need to catch me. <laughs> I would stop doing stuff. Oh, my goodness. And then people are still saying you shouldn't be here. So, anyway, um, big ups to President Obama for making steps and making it um, more uh, comprehensible for people who – didn't get it before. How do I stay over here legally? 
because if it's not in their right. language and they don't know how can they do it the right way, they're just being judged. But it's so so much is happening. But yeah, you said it that that was a joke, but it's sad and true and funny at the same time. They're always doing something. We'll see you back here on next Monday with more in politics, and I'm still plugging for more political time. One day I'll wear you down. One day. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.